We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. This week's episode, we are diving into what heartworm is. So actually, I think April is Heartworm Awareness Month. And it's good timing for it because the season for heartworm is is about to be upon us. This week's episode, we're going to talk about heartworm, how it infects your dog, and how you can safely, effectively, and affordably prevent heartworm without the use of, of any drugs. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional medicine dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. I want to talk about heartworm drugs. So, pretty familiar if you have dogs are pretty familiar with you know heart guard sentinel revolution pro heart etc etc we are often told to give these drugs um, every month for the entire dog's life um, which i will get into why that's definitely not appropriate it may be may be appropriate in some areas of the world um, but for most parts of the united states uh, it is definitely not but all these drugs have Obviously, you're going to have loads of adverse side effects. You know, we're, we're talking, it's pretty wide, wide range. Lethargy, vomiting, diarrhea, uh, staggering, ataxia, weakness, convulsions, uh, seizures, um, and even death. So, and, you know, obviously the question is why? Like, why are these, why are they having these side effects? And to get down to it, I mean, it's, again, kind of like with the flea and tick. You know, these are, they're poisons, okay? So, they're meant to poison the parasite by disrupting the nerve transmission within the parasite leading to the death of that organism. Again, these drugs are, they're called preventatives, but they're not really preventatives, right? Because what they're doing is they're acting retroactively. So they, you know, once you give that tablet to your dog, it's killing whatever has been in their system for the past 30 days. So it's nothing, it's not doing anything, um, you know, in the future. It's not preventing um, heartworm moving forward. Just important to remember that. Obviously, if these drugs are capable of disrupting nerve transmissions within a parasite, they are obviously capable of doing the same um, for your pets, specifically or or especially if you're giving them year-round, every single month for the entire dog's life. You know, and which is, um, for most of the United States, it's completely, uh, it doesn't make any sense to be giving heartworm drugs year-round. And let me talk about kind of why that is. I have a quote from Dr. Marty Goldstein. So he has a book that my good friend Mads had given to me. Actually, Mads didn't give it to me, but lent it to me and I never gave it back. Uh, So this is a quote from his book. It's called uh, The Nature of Animal Healing. And he kicks off his heartworm section by saying, to judge by your local veterinarian's stern insistence on regular heartworm pills for your dog, you think we're in the midst of a brutal epidemic, leaving piles of the dead in its wake. I think there's an epidemic too, but of a different sort. 
of disease-causing toxicity instilled in our pets by heartworm preventative pills. So I think it's interesting. So his essentially what, what he's trying to say is in reality, heartworm, though, yes, it can potentially be lethal for an unhealthy or uh, immunocompromised dog. Yes, 100%. Um, but it's really not the true, the true villain. What he's suggesting is that the use, of over, or, the use or overuse of, of heartworm pills um, and the toxicity that they're causing is having a much larger impact on the health of our dogs. So actually, later on in that, in that same section in his book, he writes, um, to my mind, the likelihood that toxicity from heartworm pills is contributing to the tremendous amount of immune suppression now occurring, especially in cases of liver disease, cancer, and cancer is far greater and more immediate than the threat of the disease they're meant to prevent. So I think it's, it's interesting. So there's a lot of things that we can do without, without using these drugs. Are the drugs necessary? So it's a good question. Um, and I think to determine that you have to understand the cycle of the heartworm, um, your geographical area, and also assess your dog's health. So you gotta, you gotta take all these things into consideration. Um, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about the cycle of the heartworm. Your dog can only get heartworm from a mosquito, from an infected mosquito at that. Um, that is the only way. So they can't get it from drinking water. They can't get it from other dogs, et cetera, et cetera. The only way they can get it is getting bitten by an infected mosquito. And I'm going to use some words here. So I just want to kind of define a couple things. So microfilaria are the heartworm babies, essentially. It's the unscientific term. And larvae are kind of like the toddlers. All right, so they grow, these, these heartworm microfilaria grow from the filaria, microfilaria stage to larva inside of the mosquito. All right, so how the whole cycle kind of works is that the mosquito picks up heartworm microfilaria by biting a heartworm-infected animal. So say that mosquito bites a heartworm-positive dog. They can then obviously pick up the microfilaria that are being reproduced in, inside that infected animal and then they ingest it themselves. At that point, the microfilaria then grow into larvae inside of the mosquito. Then that mosquito bites and then injects the dog, another dog, with the larva, okay? Leaving the larva in, in the dog's muscle tissue. Over about five and a half to nine months, the larva can grow into an adult heartworm in your dog. Eventually, those adult heartworms start breeding. They create the microfilaria again, and the cycle continues. The mosquito bites that dog, and then they infect another dog. So, so to summarize, it's kind of a, a weird cycle, and a lot of things have to happen. But it takes about five and a half to nine months from the time of the bite to the development of adult heartworm in the dog's heart, creating heartworm disease. That's something I'm going to talk about, is that heartworm and heartworm disease are two different things. A dog that is a healthy dog can, and with a healthy immune system, can fight heartworm without any issues. Um, heartworm disease is when it's actually, you know, you have adult heartworms in the heart, in the pulmonary artery, which is definitely an issue. So also a couple things to remember, the cycle, this cycle is dependent, very, very dependent on weather, okay? So the heartworm cycle cannot be completed unless the average temperature in the region is 57 degrees for a period of two to four weeks. Um, for mosquitoes to be active and larvae to develop. Um, you also have to have two weeks of temperature over 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So these, if these conditions aren't met, the cycle cannot be completed. Okay, so, you know, like um, if you look at maps, if you go to the American Heartworm Society website, 
and you look at their maps, you can see if you you know you go into the Mississippi, like the southern Mississippi Valley, you know parts of southern Florida, uh, southeast Texas, you're going to see more cases of heartworm there than you will up north for this reason because it's very de- dependent on temperature. So, since we're in Columbus, we're going to kind of talk about the this area, this kind of latitude here. So, like you know Chicago, Columbus area, the heartworm season here is from June to the end of November. So typically it's about five to six months long. So in this situation, you'd wanna test using the heartworm DNA test. So most veterinarians will do this test for you. The reason why you wanna do this test, kind of long story short, is it's, it's gonna be the most accurate. The, you'd wanna do the heartworm DNA test in the middle, middle of the season here, so that's August. Then you would test again at the end of November, beginning of December. Given that, you know, we know that this season is five to six months long, we know about the the gestation period of how the heartworm, um, how long it takes. So say your dog tests positive, you do the DNA test, and it means your dog has been, and they test positive, so they're infected with heartworm. Well, if you did it, if you tested in August, you know that it started, the heartworm season started in June. So there's no way that these, that the um, larvae have developed into adult heartworms yet in a pulmonary artery. So you know, obviously you want to work with your with your holistic vet on this, but knowing that they haven't developed it, you can just go ahead and administer the heartworm drug, just your regular preventative, because that will kill, again, those aren't really preventatives, those are just killing whatever is in your dog's system currently. I also want to point out that, you know, you're using the heartworm, you don't ever want to use the heartworm preventative drugs on a dog that's heartworm positive, okay? So again, if your dog, say you do like the, the, um, the 40x snap test and dog test positive for heartworm disease that's that's something different that's a whole nother protocol that you have to take you know we're doing the testing we're doing the testing in the middle of the season and we're doing the testing at the end of the season okay so this is kind of the best preventative there is because it's it's bulletproof so my dogs have been tested so we've been doing this for a while now we've lived in seattle we've lived in uh, southern california we've lived in central california we lived in ohio they've never tested positive for heartworm but I, I do a really good job of staying on top of the testing. So I'm making sure that I'm doing it, you know, in the middle of the season and at the end of the season so that if they ever do test for the microfloria, I know that they're not adult heartworms yet because I've been doing the testing. And so that I can just give them the preventative drugs if they ever tested um, positive for the microfloria and that would kill the microfloria and we're good to go. I also want to point out that, you know, heartworm, though it, it can be serious, when we look at dogs that just like just wild um, canines, you know, we look at wolves in the wild. Uh, there's actually an article written by Dr. Lori Walden, uh, DVM. And she writes that although wolf exposure was higher than domestic dog exposure for all four diseases studied. So they studied, they were looking at Lyme disease, anaplasmosis, ehrlichiosis, or, um, or and heartworm disease. Although wolf exposure was higher than domestic dog exposure for all four diseases studied, growth of the Wisconsin gray wolf population did not appear to be affected. So they, the, the gray wolf population was not affected at all. University of Turin in Italy, you know, they only found like a 1.4% of dogs were actually tested that had like microfloria in their system. So I think it's important that we, we kind of look at this and we're like, wow, these, these wild canines are outside all the time. So they have their their exposure, like she writes, is way higher than the domestic dog. They are way more susceptible, way more um, at a higher risk because they're outside all the time, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. They are outside. Our dogs are mostly indoors, 
And again, we can only you can only get heartworm from mosquitoes. So, but also, you know, these these animals are eating, you know, their appropriate diets. They're getting their exercise. They're living their best lives without, you know, without all the stressors and the the chemical stressors, et cetera, et cetera. So, they're very, you know, they're obviously very healthy dogs with robust immune systems. The problem is in the U.S., you know, dogs aren't so healthy on on you know the average. So we're talking about you know obesity being over fifty percent, diabetes is skyrocketing, you know, close to forty percent. I believe the true pandemic is you know leaky gut. So I, th- I think there's way more dogs out there that are affected by leaky gut than we can um, count, and that directly you know affects the immune system. Eighty percent of the immune system is in the gut. So if the gut has been damaged or the gut has been um, yeah, well, damaged, you know, obviously the immune system is going to be taking a hit as well. Also, as we talked about in previous podcasts, the large majority of dogs are over-vaccinated, okay? So I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't get your dog vaccinated or anything like that. All I'm saying is we have to we have to be very careful about, you know, re-vaccinating your dogs. You know, we, we, we talked about titers and making sure that you're you're, you're titering your dog for certain vaccines before you're revaccinating them, okay? The large, large majority, unfortunately, this is like a really sad statistic, but the large majority of vets are still vaccinating annually. And that's that's even going against the AVHA recommendations. Um, the AVHA is actually recommending every three years for revaccinating, but even that is still too much you can still find other ways. You can still, like I said, you can still tighter and just make sure that you're not over vaccinating your dog. And why this is important is because these these um, canine vaccines, they do have adjuvants in them that obviously can, um, you know, harm your dog's immune system. So we're talking um, obviously things like mercury, you know, which is uh, neurotoxin, causes cancer, autoimmune disease, so definitely affecting the immune system. Aluminum, you know, another neurotoxin. Also interesting about aluminum is, you know, a lot of these companies say no, like these these um, vaccines have, you know, safe levels of mercury um, in your dogs uh, or for your dog. But aluminum actually increases the toxicity of mercury. So, you know, these these safe levels of mercury aren't really they're they're severely underestimated. Um, then we have other things, you know, MSG, formaldehyde, you know, all these other compounds that are found in there. It's important to note as well that. If your dog receives just one monovalent vaccine, so it's just one single virus vaccine, uh, their cell-mediated immunity will be cut in half. Okay, so if they have two vaccines, it'll be lowered. It would lower it by about seventy percent. So most of these dogs are getting like seven vaccines at a time. So just definitely something I I just want everyone to kind of keep in mind. Just making sure you're vaccinating intelligently and you're not overdoing it. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com 
or call 614-888-2100. Also, something to think about, you know, most dogs are on pesticide-based or insecticide-based flea and tick treatments. Some of some pets are on it all year round. So these are obviously neurotoxins. These will obviously disrupt the immune system and, you know, will, will harm uh, or weaken your, your dog's immune system. All these things you have to take into consideration. You know, I make sure... I make sure my dogs are healthy. I make sure they're eating the fresh food. I make sure they have access to clean water. You know, we're definitely tighter testing before we ever revaccinate. You know, my dogs aren't on medications. You know, we really focus on keeping our their guts healthy. You know, we do a lot of adored beast probiotics. We mix them up. You know, also a lot of kefir and goat milk and all these things are really beneficial for the gut. I do this and I, I feel really confident when it comes to their immune system being able to fight off parasites such as heartworm. Like I said, they've been tested in multiple states, multiple times, every twice a year. They've never tested positive for any of it. So now, of course, I still do the testing because, you know, I want to be a, a responsible pet parent. And I think that's it's really important that you stay on top of the testing. I put I put uh, reminders in my calendar, you know, for, you know, middle of August, you know, end of, of November to make sure I make an appointment and get in and get them tested. Remember, the, the goal of, of heartworm meds is, is to kill the larva, you know, before they grow up. But your dog's immune system can do that without drugs. You just need to take these things in consideration. So making sure that your pet is healthy. You know, if your dog does fall into some of these categories, say you're, you're living in a high-risk area, um, let's say your dog is, you know, has some immune system issues, has some gut issues, they're a little immunocompromised, and, you know, you really find that it is necessary you know, Dr. Judy Morgan says that if you're going to use a heartworm drug, she, as of right now, she recommends using Interceptor just because it's only a, a single toxin. It's called melbomycin, and that's why she recommends it. So um, it, this, this has the lowest um, kind of cases for adverse side effects. So it's, it's so far, it's the, the safest preventative out there as far as, you know, using a, um, a toxin. But it should also be recognized that heartworm is actually becoming more resilient to these drugs as well. Something else that, you know, we have to consider. So I'd still, you know, definitely still want to do the testing. Um, you know, especially, especially at the very minimum, you want to be doing the 40X snap test just to make sure your dog is, is not heartworm positive. I want to say a lot of professionals, I don't want to call out professions, but a lot of professionals will say that they, you know, your dog should be on heartworm, you know, every single month, so 12 months out of the year. And it's really just not, you know, like I said, with very, very few places in the United States, it's just really not necessary. And it's it's not just me saying this, you know, if you, if you look at what uh, the literature that Dr. Karen Becker is putting out there, Dr. Judy Morgan, Dr. Marty Goldstein, you know, they all are saying that there's really no reason for a year-round heartworm preventative. Um, some areas you just, you know, obviously don't need it at all. And obviously you want to take these things like we had talked about previously, you know, into consideration as far as diet and exercise and, you know, the health of the, the overall health of your, of your dog. But, you know, a healthy, robust immune system should be able to fight off these, the microfloria just fine. If you go to the American Heartworm Society website, they do have some helpful information on there and they do have the maps on there. But I will say that, um, and I'm going to quote from, uh, Dr. Judy Morgan's book, it's called From Needles to Natural. And she writes here, for owners in Northern climates, I cannot justify giving heartworm preventative year round. However, the American Heartworm Society now recommends year round prevention for every state in the United States. This AHS, American Heartworm Society, 
is sponsored by at least eight major pharmaceutical companies. So we need to look critically at this recommendation. I think I think it's it's very interesting. Um, you know that they, it's they have some uh, helpful information on their website, but we have to keep that in mind that there there's definitely some some influencers there, and there's just really some. Uh, you know, like I said, my dogs have not been on heartworm for I gosh I don't really remember at least five or six years. I'd say we've been doing the testing for a while now, so they've never even tested positive for the microfloria. So. I think it's it's really dependent on the geographical location. I think it's dependent on the health of your dog. Um, so there's a lot of factors that you need to kind of work through. But if you can prevent putting them on these drugs, I think it's definitely going benefit to benefit them. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. So again, I'm just going to kind of go over what my recommendations are. Testing. I think testing obviously is going to be one of the most important things you can do. Your veterinarian will want to do the 40X snap test or do the heartworm test before anything because they want to make sure they're not, you know, heartworm positive. Based on where you live, for example, so I'm in Ohio. So since, you know, we have cold winters here that definitely get below 57 degrees, like we had talked about, um, I test for the microfloria in my dogs in the midseason and then again at the end of the season. So uh, this means August and then end of uh, November. I highly, highly recommend going to the Dogs Naturally website. They have a heartworm guide, and it breaks down the testing by geographical region in their states. So even though they're Canadian, they're looking out for us, and they actually break down um, depending. They have two maps, kind of, and it shows you know where the season starts, what time of year the season starts in that area, and when it ends. And then you can do the testing accordingly. But testing is, is crucial. So if you can do the DNA um, heartworm test, that's going to be the most accurate test. Secondly, feeding a species-appropriate diet. I know I say this every episode, but it's incredibly important for a healthy gut and therefore a robust immune system. I mean, like we had talked about, you know, wolves in Wisconsin, Torin, Italy, all around the world, you have an extremely, extremely low percentage of, of wild canines that are affected by heartworm. And they're more, you know, they're outdoors all the time, like I said. So they're they're more susceptible because they're outdoors and more susceptible to getting um, bitten by mosquitoes. Um, but yet it doesn't affect them. So minimizing vaccines. So making sure that you're, you know, vaccinating intelligently, doing tighter testing. We have previous podcasts about that. Minimizing medications, you know, like, you know, flea and tick, for example, pesticide-based um, treatments, minimizing those whether you, you want to use them during, you know, the high flea and tick season um, and then giving your dog a break and doing some detox is really important if you're going to do that or minimum, just eliminating them totally. So, which we also have a podcast about that you can listen to. Go to the AHS website, the American Heartworm Society website, and look at the cases. It'll, it'll break down the cases in your area and, and it kind of helps you determine the risk. Okay. Um, I find it really helpful. We use products like Wonderside. Um, so Wonderside is actually a flea tick and mosquito repellent. We use it on ourselves because <laughs> it, it does a really great job of keeping mosquitoes away from me, which is fantastic. Earth animal powder. There, the earth animal has a powder for, it's for flea and ticks, but it works really well against mosquitoes too. It has garlic in it, um, which really helps just 
not make you so tasty to them. And also, sorry, I said you, but your dog. It also, your dog, after using a powder for a couple of weeks, they actually start emitting an odor that the mosquitoes and fleas and ticks don't like. So you can't smell it. So don't worry about that. But it's a really good preventative of just keeping mosquitoes off of them. These are, these are actual preventatives. Like they're actually preventing the mosquitoes from landing on your dog or um, injecting larvae into them. So I'd say that if you do want to use a heartworm um, medication, I think Interceptor from what I've read is going to be your safest, your safest bet. But if you do that, I do recommend doing detox as well. So definitely want to detox liver and the kidneys. Milk thistle is a great liver detox for dogs. Adored Beast has a product called Liver Tonic, which is uh, milk thistle with some other things um, that does great at, at detoxing the liver. So lots of information here. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's it's all about assessing the risk and also assessing your dog and making sure that you have, you know, if you have a healthy dog and you, you pay attention to these things and you're, you're doing the testing appropriately, I, I don't personally believe that it's it's necessary to use these these, these drugs. I think it, it kind of opens these, it opens the floodgates, you know, for other ailments and disease um, when you're using these drugs. So, you know, the least amount of the, the drugs that we can do, if you are going to do them, I'd say use them during the season. Know what season, you know, know when heartworm season is in your area. I gave you a couple good resources. The Dogs Naturally is a good source. Uh, the American Heartworm Society is a good source and kind of go from there as a starting point. So there's lots of information here. So if you have questions, we're going to link um, some really good resources um, to the show notes for you guys. So you guys have some reference points. So I hope this was informative. Um, I think it's a, a very timely podcast, you know, with with heartworm season again in this area, depending on where, you listen, where you're listening from. But in this area in the Midwest, we're, we're looking in June. So this, the heartworm season starts in June and ends in end of November. So it's going to be upon us here soon. So... But if you have any questions, of course, you can always message us um, on Facebook or Instagram um, or actually from our website as well, or email us at info at fangsfur.com. And then uh, we'll also put some, some references in the show notes for you. So hope it helped. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.